Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast that will forever go unnamed by me by name. Um, with me is Josh and Alex, and we're going to be talking about some video game stuff this week, because it's, it's kind of been a slow week otherwise, except for, I guess, one big thing, which was the Nintendo Direct dropped. Um, I guess... Uh, well, that's not true because Awesome Quake, Awesome Games Done Quick, and I keep—I always want to say Awesome Games Done Quake, and I don't know why. Uh, that also <laughs> happened this week, um, but I don't know if we have that much to say about it. So I think for now, we'll start for with the Nintendo Direct, and, and maybe if we have time, go on to AGDQ, which is just—I struggle with that acronym. Um, it's a very bad acronym. It's a cool event. Hard to say. Um, so yeah, the Nintendo Direct dropped, um, I want to say on like Friday of last week and, uh, it surprised a lot of people. There were a lot of cool announcements in it. And I think it is interesting also because it paints the future of Nintendo. Um, so I guess maybe let's start there. About a third of the announcements were related to DLC for upcoming, uh, games, which is interesting. Um, it seems yeah, like got... Nintendo is embraced. Yeah. Yeah, we got Zelda DLC, we got uh, DLC for uh, the Fire Emblem game that's on the Switch. Um, Fire Emblem Warriors? Yeah, Fates. they're both Wait, Dynasty Warrior clones or, or whatever. Know. No, Fates is, Fates is the 3DS Warriors. game that came out. Um, um, I don't then, know. <laughs> you also have Donkey Kong coming to uh, Mario and Rabbids, getting a free, I believe it's an entire free story chapter. Uh, in addition to making Donkey Kong a playable character, and that, I believe, is coming out for free. And uh, Mario Odyssey is getting an asynchronous multiplayer minigame for anyone who's beaten the main storyline. And it's interesting to see how Nintendo is trying to, I guess, provide ongoing longevity in their first-party titles to keep people satiated, is what it seems like. I'm, I'm not sure. Do you guys have any strong opinions on, on what the strategy is? It's unlike Nintendo to do, do DLC, DLC, so it's interesting. I'm almost wondering if it's just one of those things with Nintendo where it's like they're like three or four years behind everybody else and they're just catching on to like a thing that they can just add to their games that's been in other things for so long. So to me, it's like it's like voice chats like they have they just haven't grasped, I think, what the whole function of DLC is. And so that's why I feel like a lot of this DLC is mis misplaced. I know a lot of people were really disappointed about the Breath of the Wild DLC. Which but part of it's motorcycle. out and part of it isn't, right? Or is it all out? <laughs> right, yeah. It, it's 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 basically like, what is it? A character pack, um, and it's a costume like coming out in yeah. It's a costume pack, a character costume pack, and it's coming out in like waves, like late this month and then mid March. <laughs> and it's like, come on, this can't take that long to make fucking costumes, especially since you showed them in the the trailer. <laughs> well that's, that's part so of it. I feel I feel like the release schedule is intentional. I, I feel like and, and this also speaks to how they handled um Splatoon. Splatoon is a good example of this. Where Splatoon didn't have DLC in sort of the traditional sense, but it sort of slowly unlocked itself over time where Weapons that were already on the disc were eventually made available weeks after the game's launch, and levels that were already on the disc were made available weeks after the game's launch. And it was just sort of like slowly unfurling itself to keep itself fresh and relevant and to keep people playing. And and I, I get the sense that that seems to be the goal of a lot of this DLC. Although I, I agree with Alex, the Zelda DLC is probably the most traditional in the sense that they're charging for it, and it's sort of just DLC packs of content 
and it feels the most like a sort of a Call of Duty, let's keep monetizing this thing. Um, whereas I think other stuff like the Mario asynchronous multiplayer game looks really fun and I'm probably going to check it out, but it's, it's not going to move any more copies. It's just going to keep people engaged with that particular game. And, and I don't know if it's for brand maintenance or, or what really, cause it's, it's not, I don't get the sense that there's a huge used market eating into their sales. So I'm not sure what the point of keeping engagement up is. Well, they, they dropped the, like, two big flagship titles this year so like going into 2018 i'm not sure what they've got lined up i was just gonna make a point about how because zelda has like a season pass right yeah but that's like that's done now isn't it like both of those have come out oh it's i was just it's not a season pass so much as it is you buy them both and you get like a i think like a five dollar discount on both um, so it, my point was just path. that, like the unknown factor in this buying into early DLC for Nintendo right now is so high that I don't understand why anyone would buy it. Because like now nowadays we know what generally what season passes offer. It's like a, a bonus level or um, like a extra different types of modes or things like that. And then you have Nintendo with a mixture of a whole bunch of different things, and you don't know if it's, like, going to be costumes, or people thought that Zelda was going to be a much bigger story than what it was, because yeah. it initially was revealed with Zelda and the um, other, the Guardians, or whatever the... For how it was priced, too. I think it was, like, $20 per pack, or 35 for yeah, the Yeah, so pass. people thought it was going to be like, this is the time you get to play Zelda, and you can like maybe play as the other characters too. And so people had really high hopes for that. I know I did. I was like, oh, we can maybe see it from Zelda's perspective or something. So that would be really cool stuff to add for Zelda for DLC, but I don't know. Like They're just not doing that. Is all this that new, though? Like, I guess... I, I didn't have a Wii U, so I don't know. Like, did, did they do any they DLC had stuff for mainline content games? For Mario Kart. Um, that was, I think, their big DLC experiment. Um, that and Splatoon yeah. One, the original Splatoon. Um, the original Splatoon did what Splatoon Two did, which is unlocking itself slowly with additional content. Mario Kart did the whole. There's a sort of, and, and Mario Kart actually is almost identical to Zelda in that it was sort of a two two planned packs, pack one and pack two, and they're both. Fairly expensive and content minimal. Um, certainly almost no new mechanics. It's almost all just raw content. Um, it was, if I remember right, um, you got like Animal Crossing racers, some car pieces, and one new set of tracks. And in um, the second pack, it was uh, Zelda and I can't remember what the, I think maybe a Me racer or some other racer that you got. Um, yeah. And then the bike. And then, yeah, the Zelda bike. Oh my Which god, is that now was also in Breath of the Wild. I know, oh right? <laughs> it's um, all making because, sense. Like, it's the extended Zelda universe coming together. That timeline makes sense now. On the 3DS side, they've been doing like DLC stuff for a while. Uh, maybe not with the mainline stuff, but like Fire Emblem, Fates, like had that two version thing. But if you had one version, you could just buy the other campaign for like. 25 bucks or something like that and just like download that as dlc for the the thing it, it also had some other dlc packs that were just oh, like that was so extended confusing to and try stuff. and buy yeah because you, you Fates, think like oh i'll just buy both episode. and it's like no that's that's not actually yeah they they actually yeah they have a third 
storyline yeah, too, so don't you, they? The, yeah. There's like the physical two versions, and then it's there's you can play either or in whatever order you want. But then there's a final like version, a third version that you play once you're done the other two. Yeah. And that's just you have that's a digital thing. And that was 2015, so I feel like Nintendo has some experience with DLC beforehand. Um, maybe more with the 3DS than with the the Wii U, honestly. Um, so yeah, DLC DLC is I, I'm not sure. Like, I feel like this is different. I feel like what Nintendo was doing with Fire Emblem Fates and with um, uh, some to some extent Splatoon and um, Mario Kart were experiments. This feels more like an attempt to intentionally extend the length of these games. And I think you're right. I think it might be that they really did have these very specific games of large franchises ready to go, and they don't have a lot else. Because if you look at the current list of titles, um, I mean, we know a Metroid is in development somewhere at some point, but we don't They've have a, a release Pokemon date for it. too. Uh, but, in development. Like, that was but, a... But, we are doing this announcement. Well, so so was, was Metroid like mid last year. Yeah, both so, of them were just sort of. We are aware that you like this franchise, and we promise to come back to it. Active development is happening. We will report back with news in a year, two years, who knows? Um, so maybe it is an attempt to sort of lengthen um, the sense that these games are new and fresh. Because um, people are still talking about Breath of the Wild and Mario Odyssey, so I guess it's working. I'd say it's. It's possible we'll see Pokemon this year, but I, I very much doubt we'll see any Metroid. Um, and Pokemon would be like, oh, we'll find out about it at E3, and then it'll come out in like November. Um, so, like, aside from that, what have they got right now? Well, what they got, what they announced in this uh, direct was a buttload of ports, all of the ports, yes. largely trying to erase the fact that the Wii U existed. Um, <laughs> while also trying to bring up some other interesting selections of, of games. Um, anyone we want to start with? Um, they brought up our Hyrule Warriors, which I didn't hear great things about that game anyway, so... Well, I mean, it's a Dynasty Warriors game. It, it's like the yeah. it's like the Fire Emblem game on the on the Switch right now. Um, I actually like it. I, I, I played... How do I put it? I played it on the Wii U... And I liked it a lot, and I don't normally like Dynasty Warriors e games, primarily because I think the high fantasy setting helps sell it, and the Zelda arcade mechanics help sell it in a way that I think both Fire Emblem and uh, and traditional Dynasty Warriors really struggle to, because it, it is not like a real battle at all. It's it's one superhero, like just. Doing the doing the uh, the the Sauron in the beginning of Lord of the Rings thing, where you're just swinging a right, club and yes. knocking down hundreds of thousands of people, and uh, and then you reach a little slowly ridiculous. out to a Sildor for no reason, and he cuts off your ring. That that part's less common in the games, but it, it's still like really enjoyable to, to to just wreck armies of of bad Zelda monsters. Um, I, I enjoy it a lot. Um, but it's apparently coming to the Switch, and I don't know why we have now two Nintendo-themed Dynasty Warriors games on the Switch. That seems a little excessive, especially since they, the release... Do they, like, get the license for Dynasty Warriors at some point? Have they always had it? I don't really I don't know that know. much about Dynasty Warriors, but it is interesting. I don't think they have a Dynasty Warriors game on the Switch, do they? <laughs> no. no. That would just seem like an entirely too much. 
I've always liked the Dynasty Warriors games too, and I, the Hyrule Warriors has always been on my radar, but I didn't have a Wii U. And then now I almost feel like it's too late. I don't know. There's no point. There's other better games now. So I, I don't mean, know. If, if the lesson of the past year of the Switch being out is anything, it's that, hey, you guys didn't get a Wii U. That's okay. We're just going to give you everything that was on that platform except Zombie U. That makes me sad because I like Zombie U. I mean, I know why you can't do it. That was one of those games that really needed both the controller and the TV. It's it's on every other platform under the sun. It's just zombie. Yeah, but it's also not as good. No, no, it's never going to be as good as the Wii U version. That is is the Wii U's one killer app. It had one killer app, and that was it. And that's kind of sad, but it's also true. That and maybe Nintendo Land. Yeah, it'd be swell if they ported over Star Fox and made a version of it that wasn't awful. Uh, they would have to redesign it from the ground up. They absolutely would. It, it is well, so bad. Well, the design bad. was bad from the ground up, so... <laughs> Whoa. What about Mario Maker? That's the other big question mark, I think, because they did a, a 3DS port, and it was not nearly as good because you couldn't, like... Um... You couldn't share levels online, and that's kind of yeah, the whole you, point. Yeah, you couldn't, you couldn't do the online level share system, which was, like, what's even the point? And so, like, that just kind of dropped, and nobody talked about it. Um, I'd be surprised if they don't bring over Mario Maker, like, the, the, you know, the two screens weren't that big a deal for Mario Maker, give some enhanced functionality, but you could easily port that over, and, and, like, that game sounded really cool, and almost made me get a Wii U several times. I would be interested in seeing uh, an expanded Mario Maker, I think it would be fantastic, I doubt they'll do it. Mario 64 Maker. I doubt even more. <laughs> that's, no, that, that's, that's a, a bad ask. idea. No. Uh, moving from 2D levels to 3D levels would be... Mm. Um, they're also bringing Donkey Kong Country Freeze from the Wii U to the uh, to the Switch with Funky Mode, I didn't even realize which is the, the latest internet meme. That Donkey Kong Country had a new installment in the last ten years, so this it's is like news. really good. Oh, it's a new game. I think Tropical Who Freeze is owns, great. Who owns Donkey Kong now, anyway? Nintendo. Because there was a while there where Nintendo didn't own Donkey Kong, and Rare did. No, they then didn't Rare own it. That was like Microsoft. a joint venture. Right. It was like giving Retro uh, access to Metroid. It was Nintendo. Uh, outsourcing a third party to make a prop make a game for a property they own but they have okay but like there was a whole bunch of like like every nintendo 64 game had like donkey kong used with courtesy of rareware limited or something like that um probably their rendering i feel like they did transfer the the rights at some point to rare which sounds weird but Maybe I'm just crazy. I'm actually really curious to learn more about um, that and like I'm, find I'm that I'm reading answer. this right. Rare Limited, also known as Rare, Rareware or simply Rare, is a British video game company that currently makes games for Microsoft's Xbox One. Before Microsoft bought the rights to Rare, they had the rights to Nintendo's Donkey Kong Jr. character. They are responsible for bringing him Classic. back into his first starring role since Donkey Kong Jr. in his uh. own adventure, Donkey Kong Country. Therefore, Rare are to thank for the Donkey Kong universe as we know it today. Nintendo now owns all rights to characters in the Donkey Kong universe as Rare moved to Microsoft. I question this. This is a wiki page, so I question, and a fan wiki page at that. So I question the the legality of the history here. I but apparently, if there is a reason for those 
images you remember, it's because they own the rights to that incarnation of Donkey Kong Jr., I guess. Right. But I, I don't know if this is actually accurate. I don't know. I just remember there was that like big rights controversy kind of thing in, in the 90s about like who owned Donkey Kong. And I thought that was weird because Nintendo originated Donkey Kong in a Mario game. So I'm excited to get Donkey Kong Country Freeze or Tropical Freeze. Um, I, I, it's hard. <laughs> it's not a nice game, which is why they included Funky Mode. And I think Funky Mode is really, really adorable. But I wonder, I, how do I put this? I wonder how much use it's actually going to see because it's basically for people that want to explore the content but not actually play the game because you basically become invincible as Funky Kong. Well, they've had that in the other Mario game. There was a period in the 90s where Nintendo was really experimenting with the idea of platformers that like where you can't die and just like straight up full puzzle platformers like we ended up getting with indie games like 10 years later like Wario Land 2 and 3 both on the on the Game Boy Color I think they were both on the and and maybe the last one was on the Game Boy Advance or was that Wario Land 4 but in in both Wario Land 2 and 3 like you didn't have a health pool you couldn't die and it was all about like changing forms and stuff to be able to do stuff um and like you know, instead of having a fail state, you'd like fall out of uh, um, an area and have to climb your way back up and that kind of thing. Uh, so, I think invincible characters and platformers have some interesting uh, connotations and can be done really interestingly. Oh, totally. It's just interesting because that's not kind of what the level design of Donkey Kong Country is for, right? That's the yeah. other thing. It's not about exploring. Unless you want to just look for secrets and, like, map them out. In which that case, I would say that's a nice tool for speedrunners. Yeah. Potentially. I don't know. Maybe they wouldn't use it, but I don't... Donkey I mean, I'm Kong happy to Country see it freeze any percent, No funky mode. So... Um, so there, there's two other ports I guess we should talk about before moving on. Or three other ports, but really only two that really matter. Um, one is The World Ends With You, which I think a lot of people are really excited about. I don't know why. Can you explain to me why? Because I've I played The World Ends with You and it came out on the DS. And I didn't know anyone cared about that game. And yeah. I'm like it's just like a I to me I didn't think it was anything that special. It just had an interesting art style sort of. It looks kind of like Kingdom Hearts too. So I don't know. I don't understand. Why everyone is excited? I don't know. I completely missed it entirely. So I I think it's the game the game has a very specific I, I do think a lot of it boils down to the aesthetic, which I mean it it sort of has that this the same level of distinctness as like a um jet set radio, where it's it's not just that oh it's got a cool art style, but like the whole game exudes a certain sort of coolness that is just really, really fascinating to engage with. Um right. and then beyond that, I, I think that. the combat system at the time was really interesting because it was that using your stylus and or finger, but most certainly stylus, uh, to, to move your character around and do all the moves and, and uh, do this. It was a really interesting combat style that really felt at home on the DS. I'm curious to see how they actually managed to port it to the Switch, where instead of a specific stylus that still lets you see most of the screen, you're going to be forced to use your finger and drag your finger all over the screen. I, I don't know if that'll work as well. Hmm. Um, 
but they say they also have a joystick mode. I don't know if that makes it even worse because now you're removing the entire point of the sort of touchscreen interface. Um, but also it was kind of a cool existential horror game in a, in, in a certain way. And so far as like, you need to basically beat all these horrendous monsters or you'll literally be erased from existence and your entire future depends on being cool and fashionable. There, there's something like crassly looking at, at rock, raw commercialism, uh, when it, when it comes down to literally having to choose your clothes based on the district and the, and what brands are popular in a given district to get specific performance boosts, uh, when you go to fight things in there, uh, which is a lot of how the game works. You have to sort of get your style together and, and, and figure out how to counter specific monsters. It's, it's an interesting game. Um, yeah, and I'm curious to see how to put it in that way. I guess I've never, I never thought that much about it because it's baby Alex was playing it. I was worried about so many things. I was going to say I worried, I was worried about boys, but I'm still worried about boys. So whatever. I don't know where I was going with that. We're, we're all worried about boys. Um, the <laughs> other issue is, um, or not the other issue, the other port, I think that, um, is <laughs> sort of the issue. big one. The problem. <laughs> Aside from boys. <laughs> no, um, the, I was going to say... That, no, that not port payday. we were all waiting for is Payday, payday 2, 2 for the yes. Nintendo <sighs> Switch. New I don't character. understand that at all. I, I don't either. I, the new character looks cool. Yeah. Uh, but I, part of the problem is I am not a fan of Payday in general. I find the game to basically be left for dead without any of the fun. It's It's sitting around and... It's a crappy stealth game hooked to a crappy Left 4 Dead clone, and 90% of the game is standing around either shooting waves of identical cops or looking at a drill and babysitting it while it tries to drill into the base. And I, I just, I can't, I can't even with that game. Maybe it's been improved. I haven't played it in like three or four years, but I, I don't care. Damn, I really shots don't fired. Care. <laughs> I play Penny 2 on the reg, so this I have the complete opposite of experience than you. And um, it's definitely improved, for sure. The stealth has been reworked, and I actually think it's one of the... Like, it's the only game you can really play co-op stealth in a really interesting, dynamic way, in my opinion. I Not don't know. Not that we ever actually Monica, do Monaco's kind of cool. Yeah. But, like, it's it's. I think it's pretty solid, and it's a good time, and it's a good co-op game. Um, and I think it's better than Left 4 Dead just because... You can customize your classes, and you can really make it your own. There's like so well, many different if, guns if to choose from. Only by virtue, if by only virtue by of the virtue DLC, of, of the fact that like it's still getting stuff for it. Yeah, and Left no, 4 Dead for 2 sure. hasn't gotten an update in like six years now. For sure, and comparing it in that way is just it doesn't make any sense. But like, if I were to go back now and play either like Left 4 Dead or Payday. Like, it would be payday every time, because it's just been so much more improved. That said, but does yeah, anybody it's silly want and ridiculous. on the Switch? <laughs> no, and that's why I think payday on the Switch is also just weird, because it's also a game that seems to be like, nearing, like, the end of its development cycle. Or not development yeah. cycle, but update cycle. Like, I don't know what more it's they can do besides each adding characters. Four years now? I think even it's longer like... than that, maybe. Does the Switch version come with all the characters that are already on DLC for the PC? I would think or do you so. have to buy all the DLC no, for it? No, I think they were just they're gonna the just Switch. release the complete package. Yeah, it's so just that's weird a strange thing. It's it, it also doesn't play to the console strengths because it's primarily a, a multiplayer game, a web multiplayer game where like voice chat is really important. This is a console where 
voice chat isn't really a thing. I mean, it is, but let's be honest, it's not. And, um, you know, the yeah. local multiplayer isn't really an option, especially, I mean, it's just, there's no way you're going to have a local, uh, four, te- four player team in Payday 2 on the Switch. So that leaves you with like, and it, and it removes the ability to play mobile, right? Like part of the appeal of the Switch yeah. is to be able to jump on the bus and play it. Th- this is a Switch game you will play on your TV at home online only with no voice chat. I just, I wonder what the demographic is for that, because that seems very specific. And if I was going to play Payday 2, or Payday 2, I would be playing it on the PC or some other console that seems a better fit. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, Josh brought up Payday 2 because it was on the on the thing, and I probably shouldn't have put it on the well, thing. Well, I didn't the real want you to po- fucking go to the big one before we touched all the dumb ones first. <laughs> That's fair. But the, the big one was the one they had the trailer for at the end of the Direct, and that, of course, is uh, Dark Souls is now coming to the Switch, and Dark Souls remastered, whatever that means, and and also coming to Dark all Souls. other platforms as a rela- a remastered version as well. So it, it's Dark Souls in the Dark Souls three engine with a non yep. uh, a non peer to peer multiplayer, and instead using servers, which in some ways which is, is good, really interesting. In some ways, is bad. Um, and. Like I, I kind of hope they do more with it than just, um, make the graphics a little nicer and implement dedicated servers, because like, Dark Souls One is really great until you get the Lord Vessel, and then everything just gets really boring, uh, and all the fights become just these like hugely dumb, unfair bosses, like the fucking bed of chaos, God, um. There's a lot of areas that look really bad and unfinished, like Lost Isolith. Uh, like, uh, definitely, like, the, the last act of that game feels very rushed compared to the first two. So it'd be really neat if they went in and kind of um, fixed those and messed around a bit with the mechanics and stuff like that and and uh, and really made, like, that last act uh, feel a lot more... Dark Soulsy than uh, than it does in Dark Souls One, where it, it, it very much like like all that kind of interesting mystery and gameplay gives way to a lot of really really frustrating areas and mechanics and and stuff that's just not all that interesting to play. Um, so it'd be really neat to see if they they remastered that a bit more. Uh, but you either way, Dark Souls um, opinions. Yeah, well, yeah, that came I mean, out of nowhere. Brings up Dark Souls all the time. What did you expect? Uh, I-, I wasn't expecting like specific bosses to be name dropped as bullshit, this... and that you want them to be revamped in the remastered version. Well, the these are not controversial opinions amongst the Dark Souls fan community. So, like, I think everybody would like to see a bed of chaos fight that's not horrible. Um, I don't know. Uh, well, now that if Josh is done being guys... a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, Dark Souls for the Switch has been rumored for, like, at least the past year, if not earlier than that. Um, there's a lot of rumors going around about, like, maybe a, a compilation, like, all three games in one port. They confirmed that but... already. Didn't they? Mm, th- no, no, they they confirmed the uh, the PS4 package. is getting something like that. Um, 
but but right now it's just Dark Souls one for the Switch. But like I wouldn't be surprised to see two and three show up on the Switch at some point either. Yeah, the PS4 is getting like an elaborate. I don't even know how much it costs package that has like art books and a figure and like hundred dollars. Um, and that includes all three games and a bunch of goodies. I'm, um, but everything else I'm is just really kind of tempted to buy that. Actually, that looks really cool. Oh no. Uh, I, I won't. That encyclopedia is definitely. Yes. Very good. I just if only they had picture. a digital version. Version. Digital version. The Dark Souls villain. Well, like, I mean, like, the, the reason to buy. The, <laughs> the reason to buy that is for all the physical stuff. But I mean, it just as like a tool, like having a digital encyclopedia for if you're writing about Dark Souls lore or like doing any work on yeah. Dark Souls, that would be great. No, this is great because now you have to literally, if you want to do like a critical piece on Dark Souls, consult with the scribes. I know. That's amazing. And by scribes, I mean people who can drop $500 on a game back, but you know. So just like academia in real life. The ones that oh, can wow. buy the expensive textbook. Bam! <laughs> Shut it down. And then you become a professor and you can get the whole class to buy the book that you wrote for the class. <laughs> I, am, I am torn on this a little bit, though, because uh, where, where I think Payday 2 feels like it's completely out of its element on the Switch in, in ways that I almost don't understand why it's getting a port. I get why you're getting a Dark Souls port. I think Dark Souls could be really cool. But there are sort of two things that make it weird. One, um, it, for a mobile game to not have a pause function, that's kind of weird, right? Like, I can turn... The whole point of the Switch is I can turn it off at any point and it basically stores the state of the game in the memory and I can turn it back on at any point as long as it's not, you know, a multiplayer game. But the problem is that... That's the other problem. It's, Dark Souls often is kind of implicitly always a multiplayer game. You're able to be invaded at any point and that's not going to be true if you can just turn on airplane mode or walk away from your Wi-Fi. I mean... The other yeah, thing is just, like, if yes, I'm playing Dark but, Souls, I don't want um, people to see me play Dark Souls. Because that would be embarrassing, and I don't want to rage in front of, like, the people on the bus. I want to be in the privacy of my own office, and I want to hide my shame and throw something and not get arrested. The Alex on the bus says, fuck this game, fuck this game. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> That's going to be a reality for a lot of people when this game comes out on the Switch. People are going to get a wide rude awakening about the world of Dark Souls. Like, Dark Souls 1 had a number of gameplay options to make it so you couldn't be invaded anyway. So, like, I, being able to turn off the internet, like, whatever. You can turn off the internet on your console or your PC if you want to play Dark Souls yeah. without getting invaded, too. Well, and that's why um, it doesn't In fact, feel there was a mod you could payday. install that you could effectively render it so that you couldn't be invaded anyway. So, like, that's not that big a deal to me. It's true. And, and that's why I say it's not as big a deal as Payday, where Payday, sort of the fundamental premise, just seems at odds with the entirety of the console. This is just sort of like a weird, I wonder how that's going to work as a handheld game. How, how, how does Dark Souls work as a handheld game? Also, things like how dark that game is and lighting conditions while walking around or oh, on the bus. Yeah. That's going to be weird. The Dark Souls, like if it's running with the Dark Souls 3 lighting engine, it will be a little less of a problem like dark souls one was very very dark like the darks could get really dark um 
in Dark Souls 3, it was a little less harsh like that. So, um, like, I wouldn't be surprised if it, if it just looks like Dark Souls 3 does. Um, I don't know if they stated whether or not the remastered Switch edition would be based on the Dark Souls 3 engine. I oh, have uh, so... So that um, Collector's Edition, the Dark Souls Trilogy Collector's Edition, in addition to being $450, it only comes out in Japan. So not only will you have to, to refer to the scribes, you'll have to refer to the scribes in Japanese. Oh, God. Oh, God. oh man. But a that US one prop that, that speaks really, Japanese really cool. and you're like, yep, that makes sense. Yep. That's, that's why that's your, skill, your specialty. Anything else on Dark Souls? It's a cool game. People should play it. Well, they will when it gets ported. Everything's coming to the Switch. Um, Can we talk about SNK heroines yet? Yes. yes. Let's, let's move on to that. Let's move on to that. What Dark, would you like to Dark talk Souls about with Dark Souls 4 to is SNK heroines. Yes. Bloodborne 2, actually. <laughs> it's, it's a crossover. Um, so this is the game I'm most excited about. Because it's all female character fighting game where they don't have to play volleyball to be cool. And I don't it's think just... those count as fighting games, Alex. Well, I mean they are fighting games in the sense that it's like they... a spin off, you know. Yeah. But mostly because it just looks like a fun game. It's just so a fun old ex- fighting game. Explain it to me because it looks like weirdly pared down there are as i understand it only four characters and you get to play not dress up with them but you get to alter their costumes for effects and stuff i think right so yeah it just seems like it's one of those typical like the fighting it's like when i why i brought up doa is because the fighting game world does this thing all the time where it just decides to break genre or cross genre or cross like platform even or um franchise like we have my shiranui's in doa from king of fighters and jackie from virtual fighter for some reason so like there's just all these different character and crossover things so this just seems like it's like a cute little side game, sort of, to the main series, like where there's this other adventure that the characters go on and they also fight, but there's also like a story happening. Any anyway, that's what I'm gathering is happening here. I will I will say I've not looked into it a lot because I just you know wanted to find the collector's edition and see what statue and whatever they had for that. And it turns out there's a cool tank top and a t-shirt along with it. So yep, I'm looking at it right now. Sorry, um, a hat it's not and a tank top. It's not um just only four characters total in the entire roster, Chris. It's it's a two v two game. Yeah, it's like a tag team game. Oh, like tag yeah. tag I'm dumb. <laughs> this is like, wait a minute, four characters? That doesn't sound right. I well, said that I... in a nice way, Josh. I was trying to say, you know, I haven't <laughs> looked into it. I could be missing something. <laughs> No, I, and then I you had watched... to be like, Chris, you're just wrong. I just watched well, the beginning the of the direct would have again. Said it and if they, I didn't, they list at least five characters in the opening, and I'm assuming there's more. So, yeah, okay. I'm, just I'm... Those. It's actually one of them isn't in the game. <laughs> well, all the all the footage they had was was of four four women standing around fighting, and I was just trying to figure out like. It's four women standing around fighting and playing dress up, and I don't understand. Like someone explained to me how this works as a fighting game, but if it's more than four characters, that suddenly makes sense. 
Although I still don't get like the Marvel Capcom two two character fighting games. Like that those systems drive me nuts. Oh, they're great. They're my favorite. So is the idea to like min max the strengths and weaknesses of each character when you pair them, or is it about finding characters that can be used effectively together, or just any two characters you like as long as you're good with them? There's definitely strategy because what a big characteristic of tag team fighting games is coordinating the the switch or the uh, support move. So like you have um, Marvel versus SNK or something like that, where you have the, you can call in a character to jump in quickly, do an ability and then jump out. And actually they become vulnerable when they're jumped out. So there's a strategy there, but then also just timing their ability with what the character on the stage is. And and that's the same way with just regular, like, tag and tag team or whatever, where you have combo, so you can start a combo, call in someone to finish it. So it, in many cases, that's, that's just a huge part of um, building your team and, like, the combos that come from it. That's mostly what the strategy is between picking teams. So when you say combos, is it, like... Having a player that can put another player in a position so that they are vulnerable to the to the support attack or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Like, so part of a combo could just be including the switch button in the middle of it, in which the characters switch out, and it just so uh, happens to like you know it's it's that. So, so usually. literally, literally mid combo, how to chain from one combo to another character's combo. Yeah, exactly. Okay, cool. And and you can do multiplayer with Tekken tag team tournament. Like that's fun doing multiplayer, yeah. especially when you're with your friends and you accidentally pull some switch and you don't tell them that you're going to switch your character and then they get really mad at you because then they get hit in the combo and then they die. <laughs> and also healing. So like in you know in some fighting games where you have two bars, you have one that moves down immediately when you chip away at it and then that slowly gradually moves down. There's the chipping yeah. bar, and then there's, like, the gradual bar. So, like, in tag team, you can switch out, and the um, the the chipping bar will move up and heal. So you can actually heal your, your teammate. I need to figure out how to play those games. I'm, I'm, I've played a lot of, I don't know what you would call them, traditional one-on-one fighters in my time, but I've, I've never really gotten to click with the tag team fighters. I should learn how to do it. Oh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. If you have people that get into it, you know, it's like anything. So Um, you don't have a Switch yet, do you, Alex? I do. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. So I was going to say, there's also a PS4 version of this, apparently. Ooh. See, I'll probably get that. Is it already out? Although you do not have PS Plus. And no, the Nintendo service I don't. is currently free, so you know, if you want to play multiplayer with me, like I'll probably end up getting it on the Switch. Although I don't know how the Switch feels for like fighting games. I haven't actually messed around with any fighting games with the Switch's controllers. That's like the yeah, one genre I don't really have any of. I that's what will be interesting to see. Cause those tiny controllers will not work. Oh yeah, no. Um I'd pretty much be playing it in TV mode with the uh, the con- controller dock or whatever that turns them into. Yeah, pro you'd need to, if you were doing local multiplayer, you would need two. Yeah, you need that in a pro controller or something like that. Unless you wanted to troll people and be like, "Oh, sorry, all I have are these dinky things." Yeah, luck, Dad. Good luck, Dad. 
I'll bet they will have a a setup that just uses those. I mean the the this game has been described as like more casual, so it might be like a reduced uh, combo set. I just want to play dress up. That's all. I, I don't. <laughs> the fighting oh, game intimidates the me. Best part about, that's the best part about the older Soul Calibur games. Oh yeah. Oh, I remember doing that. I miss that so much. I I mean, we're getting off topic, but I I'm really looking forward to the new Street Fighter, and I hope they or Street Fighter uh, Soul Calibur, and I hope they uh, kept some of those mechanics. Oh god! Is this one going to be Soul Calibur Six? I think they're or going, are they for going off number? to other. Yeah, I don't I remember. Yeah, I think it's a number. I think yeah, it's the... six. Yeah. Okay. I'm interesting because like they did Soul Calibur four, and then like Soul Calibur five came out like a year later, and I feel like there wasn't that much of a difference between the two. Yeah. Yeah, and then it kind of petered out. Yeah. I was really annoyed at Soul Soul Calibur because they had that mobile game that. I just kept seeing it on Facebook and stuff about how they were, it was this other Soul Calibur game, and they just constantly spammed people with new costumes that were all just like these really sexy costumes. Like, it just was so gratuitous that it just became so annoying after a while. Which I know sounds weird coming from me, you know, but I also don't buy (laughs) the, like, DOA DLC or anything. I don't know, and their social media person was, like, really creepy. So now I'm like, uh, Soul Calibur Six. No, it's it's like I will. That's I'm interested in it too. The best. <laughs> I just feel kind of gross about it because you know sometimes you just try not to think about how gross a lot of these fighting game devs are in particular. Yeah. So, can someone? I learned in this Nintendo Direct that I have been pronouncing "yees" wrong my entire life because I've it's been pronouncing ease. it "wise." Which? It is, it is a big Y and then a small S. I I don't know yep. how else to pronounce that other than wise. I always just called it I, YS. I believe is that... the word is from Norse. It sounds like like New Zealand. Yes, yes. I don't know. It's 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 also a, a Nintendo Switch game. Apparently, they're they're making yes eight for the Nintendo Switch. I don't know if I have much to say about it since I can't even pronounce it. There's so many of those games too. There's so many. It, it looks yeah, like they've been like that's one of those game series hungry. that they've just done. It's 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 kind of it's a traditional RPG, really. I mean, but they always had like more actiony combat, and that was kind of their their difference. Yeah. Um, I'm interested in playing it. It looks a lot like Monster Hunter. It looks like Monster Hunter mixed with, like, Bravely Default. Like, a little bit more RPG-y, but a little bit more action combat, but still very numbers and stats-driven. Um, I don't know if... Do do we have anything to say about some of the smaller games that were announced? Like, the indie games? Well, we've got Mario Tennis, too. The most indie of all games. That was the other like Mario Tennis and, and Kirby are the other two big games that were that we haven't talked about yet. Um I'm kinda interested in seeing Mario Tennis. I played Mario Tennis um on the N64 and liked it a lot, but um I haven't really touched anything in the series since then. I used to I, play the Game Boy Color one. That was a lot of fun. I also played that one. I feel like maybe it's because I was just a kid, but there were just like a point where you'd put the AI on a level where you just couldn't win. (laughs) 
Yeah, I feel like it was a very difficult game, but I've always really enjoyed playing Mario Tennis. I just never yeah. buy them. I'm like, I, when I always play them, I'm like, this is fun. I'm having a great time. I'll never buy one of these games. Yeah. I remember playing it on the Virtual Boy. That's how sad I am. I remember wow. Mario Tennis Whoa. on the Virtual Boy. I think that like was actually really the first incarnation tennis. of it. It is not like you are really playing tennis. It is like you are looking at a red uh, 8-bit game that happens to be in 3D that is consuming your entire view, and that's it. That That is, that is it's not good. Do you own a Virtual Boy? Uh, not anymore. I did when I was a kid. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you actually bought a, a Virtual Boy when it came out? Yeah. No, this was a long time oh, ago. Oh, man. I didn't know I knew anyone who had done that. Oh, wow. Way to make him feel old. I, well, I they're, Like, they only sold, like, 50,000 of them. It, Point and was... laugh at the old man. It's, it's it's the mid '90s. It wasn't that long ago. Well, it was that long ago, but I was a kid in the mid '90s too. I got it, and I got it for Christmas one year, and we took it to my grandma's because I thought it has boy in its name. It's got to be mobile, and and you pretty much have <laughs> to plug it in. And yeah. uh, it <laughs> it was not very mobile, and I was just at my grandma's house with my face in this virtual boy, going colorblind by staring <laughs> at a red screen for an hour and a half. It, I was not particularly popular and had difficulty convincing other people to come and play it. Gee, I wonder why. Um, I think the smartest thing they did with this incarnation of Mario Tennis is making sure that it has a single-player campaign bolted in. Um, yeah. I, I think the Switch is great at local multiplayer, and Mario Tennis is good at local multiplayer, but I think just as often, again, you're going to be on a bus or you're going to be in bed or whatever, where, wherever you play your Switch... And you're not going to be able to like have a party fun time with somebody else. And making sure it has more than just a one player versus AI setup makes it more appealing. I'm, I'm more interested in picking it up knowing that there's a robust-ish single player campaign supposedly attached to it. You know what? I, can I just take a make a side note and say that I think it's adorable that everybody is so into old people sports video games now? Like, so many golf games... Golf Story is legitimately a great game that came out this year. It's like a golf RPG, which How is really that? cool. I, I still need to pick it up. Oh, it's very cute. It's just very, it's very nice. It's like kind of like the, it's like a golf Stardew Valley kind of thing. That's what I've heard. Helping people out on interest. the golf course. It's a nice little game. And everybody's golf was big and golf with your friends and tennis is another old people sport that people really like with um with video games lately so i'm i'm happy about this trend i'm waiting for extreme badminton <laughs> oh, trying to think man, of the oldest I oldest people sport i could get when i was a kid too so we had a badminton uh my parents set up a badminton uh net between two trees why are you saying and... it badminton is it? I don't is know. Badminton. Is it not badminton? Minton. Yeah, I didn't mean to say mitten, it's just, but it's easy it's to just, mispronounce. Like, what is this badminton game? And like, why didn't I have it as the a mitten kid? Mitten is bad, you guys. <sighs> you got to get gloves. Um, I, I wonder what the etymology of the name of that game is. Uh, Kirby looks neat. It's, it looks like Kirby 64 again, which I guess is okay because I like Kirby 64, but I haven't played a Kirby game in like 15 years. So, 
I don't get what they're doing. It feels... How do I put this? I've said that like eight times on this stupid podcast. Um, remember how in Little Big Planet you had all those like challenges that would only open up if you got one, two, or three friends to come help you out? It feels like that's the game they're building, and I am not super enthused with it. Mm. Like, the the big push of the Nintendo Direct was like, not only do you have awesome powers, but if you, you can combine your powers with your friends. So, you know, I fire my water beam and Josh fires his ice, or his cold beam. And as my water beam passes through his cold beam, little icicles form and hit the bad guys. And that opens up new areas and new movement options. And that's, I, I mean, I guess that's kind of cool if you get a bunch of friends together to try to work together. As, an, as a grown adult, that almost never happens. It is hard for me yeah, as a 33-year-old Nintendo... dude to get friends over to play Kirby with me. Nintendo is clearly still trying to push the local multiplayer idea that, um, frankly, is pretty dead at this point. Well, I, I think I think local multiplayer exists. I, I like I get a heck of a lot of use out of Tetris and Mario Kart, like things yeah. that support two players, but also just as equally validly support one player. I'm talking about this game but being designed like... as a like series of levels that have secrets that can only be uncovered if you get three people in a room find the right powers for each one, and then, you know, manage to trick your way up into a specific area. They're also, like, easily... Like, you can easily pick up and play a Mario Kart Racer 2. You can easily pick up and play around a Tetris. Um, Kirby is a platformer, and, like, jumping into that with a friend, you know, that's, like, at least a 20-minute time investment. That's not something that you pull out at, like, a party and do. Yeah, it it gets weird. Like maybe maybe they'll also allow online multiplayer with that, but then again, you run into the same problem of like, well, okay, this game would be way better with voice chat. I wonder how many people just like sit with their switches in front of their PC using Discord as a voice chat for whatever multiplayer they're That's doing. That's how we do it. When we play fucking Mario Kart. Wow. That's sad. <laughs> not not in your not on your part on the engineering oversights of Nintendo. Yeah. Like I the 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 way this is so convoluted, I almost wonder if there is like the hardware there to like process microphone input on the Switch. Like it's got a headphones port, but I wonder if that's just out and there's nothing to take input from that. Uh cuz like if so, that's a horrible oversight. And means that there's no way they can really fix this without a hardware refresh. That won't happen anytime soon. Yeah. Um, in which case, like, like VOIP on the Switch is basically day away. It, it's not going to happen. Right. We we started this out talking about, like, other small indie games. Um, I have no strong feelings about either one, honestly. Faye looks Okami-ish. But also, like, kind of Spyro-ish, actually. Because <laughs> it looks like kind of a puzzle platformer. Um, yeah. Celeste is, like, doesn't stand out for me from all the other 2D platformers we get from indie games on, like, Steam. Yeah, and that's really the... the that Celeste's biggest problem is going to be getting noticed as a as a 2D platformer, given that it, it doesn't yeah, seem like... to have much of an identity beyond that. Like, it looks interesting as far as 2D platformers go, but not that interesting. Not interesting enough to, like, draw my attention away from the, uh, like, 20 other 2D platformers I have sitting around in my Steam library that I've never played. 
I, I guess the last thing I'd want to talk about is um, the fact that this Nintendo Direct had literally nothing for the 3DS at all, which is kind of interesting in and of itself. Yes, yeah, that was concerning. I think it's pretty clear that they were initially on the release of the Switch kind of hedging their bets, and they were quite prepared to allow the 3DS to continue as its own platform. The Switch pulled a Wii U and just flopped again. Um, but now that it hasn't, and it's done the opposite, I get the impression they're probably going to start uh, sunsetting the 3DS as a platform. Like, especially the... Se- like, like, when we get Switch Pokemon, I think that's it. That's like, Switch Pokemon, Switch Fire Emblem, and you're done, right? Like, all yeah. the other major 3DS platform or franchises will be on the Switch at that point. And then why would you get the 3DS version? It's just a shame because I think there is a place for the 3DS still because I think at the end of the day you can't beat the portability and the battery life of a 3DS versus a um, Switch. And, you know, mobile games are kind of squeezing in on that market too, but... There's just so many creative things that people are people are are and still have have been and are still doing with the touch screen and the two screens. Yeah, I mean the the switch or the switch the the 3ds. I, I don't want to state this because I don't have anything but anecdotal evidence to support it, but um, I feel like personally probably has the most vibrant uh, library of games on a non PC platform since like the ps2 like there is almost for every flavor of everything you could want to do somebody has done something like it from indie tiny artsy stuff to big budget action adventures to nintendo first party stuff to quirky number crunchers and really hard puzzlers to simulations like there is something for everybody on this system um and and to see that kind of go so quietly because everyone is screaming, OMG, board the stuff to the Switch, the Switch is awesome, is kind of a little crushing because, like, I I love the Switch. I I look forward to all the games that are eventually going to be released on it, but I think the 3DS is kind of going out with a whimper, and that's sad because it really does have just one of the most vibrant, amazing libraries of any game system ever made. Yeah. And it may turn out to kind of have that, like, long tail that the PS2 had where the PS3 came out. And then, like, for the next two years, they were still announcing and releasing new PS2 games. Well, you you say that, but I'm looking at the wiki for 3DS games um, and their release dates. They have announced release dates for the 3DS um, for January 18th, 19th, February 13th, and March 27th. And then one, two, three, four, five games for just generically 2018 and two two VAs. And that's one, two, three, four, mm. five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven games left unreleased for the 3DS. That's not to say that that list yeah. is comprehensive, but that's everything that warranted a press release where people know the game is coming rather than just being an anonymous drop onto the eShop or whatever. Um, so that I'm not saying there's only ever going to be 18 more games, but it is looking like slim pickings. There's, there's not a ton here. The only Nintendo game in this list of yet to come out titles is a uh, Kirby battle Royale, which comes out on the uh, 18th in the United States, oh, um, yeah. or the 19th rather. Um, and that's already come out, uh, last November in Japan and Europe. So it's, it's not even a new game. It's just a finally America's getting it release. There are no new, new releases that I can see from Nintendo on the 3DS in the future. And this uh, Nintendo Direct did not have any. Hmm. The other thing with the 3DS is the hardware now is so outdated. It was outdated when it came out. Um, You know, it's not that much more powerful than the normal, than the original DS, um, or at least the DSi. 
Uh, so well, you kind of feel like even if the switch had flopped, yeah, but even then that didn't add that much more power. You kind of feel like the, even if the switch had flopped, they probably would have done a hardware refresh within the next year or two. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Like that, it may be that like the switch is just a much more attractive platform for developers to develop on. Like now they can move away from fucking 240p resolution. I, I mean, yes, obviously. And I, I do think, I think that's probably true. Um, but yeah, looking at this, it almost makes me feel like I should go out and buy an, a 3DS just to have like a boxed one. Cause the one I have is like a, launch era ps or launch era ps2 launch era 3ds um so it's, it's a launch a, era it's, ps2 that you you took the guts <laughs> from the 3ds out of and put into um it, it doesn't have um it's not an xl and it, it's not the sexy fancy newer ones that have it's not a new 3ds with i hate that name but it's not the it's not the enhanced 3ds release that has the better performance uh and and better technology um so this the 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 screen's starting to get a little wobbly. The connectors are starting to get a little loose, and I'm I'm worried. I don't want to lose this like amazing game collection because there is something about having every one of those games in my pocket, right? Like there's something about being yeah. able to pull out a an FPS game or a deep story RPG or a Zelda game or whatever whenever I want. Like I, that to me is still amazing. It's why half the Switch titles that I want to see ported are interesting because I want to be able to take like Doom 2016 around with me wherever I go. Um, I don't know. It's 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 kind of sad. I'll put it that way. Well, you know what the 3DS has that the Switch doesn't? Two screens? A virtual console service that exists. Oh. It's interesting that we <laughs> still have heard nothing about that. I'm not wondering that I, what's going on with Yeah, like, not that I'm super excited about the idea of them putting out the, like, sixth generation of the virtual console, where now I'll have to buy... Uh, a bunch of games that I already own three other times again to play them on the Switch, but um, it's interesting that there was like no mention of that at all at this direct. Because um, originally they were saying like, "Oh, the the service with the virtual console stuff, where you get a virtual console game every month, um, and and you have to pay for it." That was going to start August, and then I was like, "Well, it's going to start end of the year, and it still hasn't started." I'm wondering what they're doing there. I honestly think that building... If you want my honest... Optimistically, Nintendo is actually interested in doing this right and learning why that it, why it costs so much money for Microsoft and uh, Sony to offer these services. Building a well-designed front-end store um, that manages to both handle games and also all associated DLC... Um, and all associated microtransactions that also has a decent friends list that also allows you to have their server, not their servers, but uh, to facilitate matchmaking and other things. Um, it's not easy, and I imagine yeah. they're learning that. Um, I think they're used to just being able to put their crap up on a server and charging a buttload of money for it like it was on the Wii and Wii U. Yeah, God, where the 3DS is store interface, man. Oh, that's still terrible. Like... I mean, I know I just got done praising the 3DS, but yeah, the, the store interface leaves something to be desired. Um, uh, on the other hand, I think the Switch's like interface in general has been pretty good. The store is really yeah, bad. The the web, the any of the any of the online okay, stuff is still really bad. It's not great, but it, I don't. Maybe the like the Xbox One has a good store, but the PS4 stores is pretty awful too. 
The, it's better than the 3DS store, at least. The, the, the PS4 store is the best store. Easily. I own all three really? consoles. Yes. The the Microsoft store is terrible and loaded with, like, I, the PS4 store has ads, too. But the, the Xbox store is loaded with ads. And it's all, it's, it is impossible to navigate. I The Xbox yeah. interface in general is a nightmare. Um, the PS4 interface is less than ideal. My real problem with the PS4 store, and I've never figured out why this happens, is after I've been browsing the store for more than about five minutes, it just stops responding and I need to turn off my internet and turn it back on. Um, really? I don't know why that happens. That's never happened to me. That's never happened to me. I, I have I have had two PS4s and both have had that happen. Um, so anyway, I, I maybe it's my internet. Maybe, maybe, they, maybe it's my maybe crappy it's ISP. ISP doing something weird. <laughs> um, but regardless, it's... It is the best the best store. The PS4 is the best store, easily, hands down. Um, the problem I yeah. have with the, the Switch store is that, like, once in a while I want to see what what I want to you know I'll, I'll I'll you know payday will hit and I'll be like what's on what's on the Switch let's let's see if there's a good game, um, and it is really hard to find something that isn't either a new release or one of the established top sellers. If there is like a sleeper hit that is doing okay in the sales, it is very hard to find. Um, there are titles that I have wanted to buy on the Switch that you have to know by name to be able to get to because their only way to find them are either go through the releases newest first to oldest and go through that entire screen and hit load more, load more, load more as you need to, or go to the top sellers, but the top sellers stop at like the 20 or 25th best bestseller. Like it'll, that list will just abruptly end and they'll be like, all right, that's it. Yeah. You wanted to see the bestsellers. Um, and the only other way to do it beyond that is searching my name pretty much. There's no like search by genre or search by uh by um you know by developer or whatever. There's either search by name or that's it. And it's it's a it's a crappy interface. That's bringing me to mind like I'm trying to think what the best interface is like across consoles and PCs for a store like and Steam yeah, I despite how that. much I hate a lot of Steam's discoverability, it's still probably one of the better, if not the best, stores. Like I'm trying, to, I'm trying to get Origin up, but it's asking me to sign in, so that's oh, neat. Oh, Origin's or, so Origin bad. Isn't, Origin isn't as bad as some of the console ones, but it's it's pretty substandard. Um, like, like is I don't know, good old games is not awful like it's it's got some decent like sorting and stuff but um i'm just glad that i know generally what i want when i go into a game yeah. storefront because i feel like if i was vaguely interested in anything but the basics but i wasn't kind of in tune with the industry and a re and release schedules and things like that then i would be lost yeah and and i wonder how much of that plays into the desperate need for, for a lot of indies to really get coverage. Um, I mean, indies need coverage in general, but just like the three of us and probably most of the people listening to this are into games enough that when you walk into a GameStop, you know exactly what you're going to get. But there are people out there that maybe don't follow games at all. And they just want to be like, Oh, I got, I got a spare $60. I got an Xbox at home. I haven't touched in a while. What, 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 what came out recently? What's cool. And it's probably almost impossible to, to, get somebody who isn't already into games to pick up like a $20 indie title versus the Fallout 16 that they already played the previous 15 of and they know what they're getting. Yeah. Anyway, 
So, do we have anything else to say about the Nintendo Direct? I think we're shedding everything. a single tier for the 3DS. I'll go get a 40, and we can pour one out for the 3DS. <laughs> now I'm sad. Yeah, I'm a little sad now too. But, but Link the has important a motorcycle. thing is that I mean now, yes, Link has a motorcycle, and now we can watch Ace Attorney live action, directed by yes. Takashimike. <laughs> I, I mean, guess like, it's sad for the Phoenix 3DS. Wright was a DS game, but whatever. You know what I mean. I mean, they they had a 3DS title, didn't they? Yeah, I know. But people would be like, no, it wasn't originated on the 3DS, Alex. It was originated on the DS, the console that came before it. Tell Alex more about the basics of video games. <laughs> you can cut that out. <laughs> you sure? It's just that it's, I just find it funny when people explain to me, like people were like, someone said no, the other day, I, mean, I didn't know, I would have no idea that you would be able, you would know what KOTOR is. And I'm like, what? Hello? <laughs> oh, shit. Like it's some like obscure game. Uh, Mumbles complains about this like every time she goes to a comic book store, this is what happens. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like, oh, are you getting something for your boyfriend missing? Yeah, exactly. But now you that you think about that it, Kotor is no. Well, whatever you can do that. I mean, I had a segue, it's... but like, you know, I don't have to segue. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just wondering if that was okay to be like on the the podcast or not. Oh yeah, I don't to... care. <laughs> okay, you're saying now that you think of Kotor. Yeah, it's actually a really old game. It is. So it wasn't really a segue. I guess it was just years old a point. this year. That's crazy. Oh, it's 2018. Oh, oh my god, it's yep. 2018, you guys. That means like everything's turning yeah. 20. I know. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, the orange box turned turned 20 or turned 10 um like 2 months ago. Thief is going to turn 20. What else, what else? The StarCraft. What else came out in 20 2000 or 1998? Good lord, I'm old. Uh, Baldur's Gate? Yep. Was yeah, Sin, Half Life One was was two thousand seven. Yeah, Fallout Two turns twenty seven. Yeah, yeah Fallout's um, already twenty. Yeah, and Diablo was ninety six, and Diablo Two was ninety nine. I think so. Unreal, Unreal turns twenty. Banjo Kazooie turns twenty. Oh um, God! Rainbow uh, Six is now a twenty year old franchise. Uh, Spyro, Spyro the um, Dragon. Wasn't Zelda um, Ocarina of Time 98? Yes. Blood 2 The Chosen is 20 years old, which makes me feel super old. Because I remember playing Blood 1. The Unchosen. DDR. DDR is, is 20 years old. Oh, really? That was 98? When was the, the, the first Onihawk Pro Skater? That was like 99, 2000, wasn't it? Yeah, 99. Um, Ultima Online, was that 98? Or was that 99? I can't remember. The first MMOs. Well, I mean, the first MMOs were basically just muds with graphics thrown on top. No, that was 97. Ultima Online is 20 years and four months old. Is it still running? Yes. Good lord. I can't remember if it like went down for a while and then EA resurrected it, or if it's just it's just been constantly going for forever. Oh, the, the, this is great. The other the other thing turning twenty this year in relation to video games, 
um, the ESRB dropping K to A and turning it to E for everyone. Oh. Okay. Wow. I didn't... <laughs> yeah, that's an American thing, so yes. Uh, I didn't okay. realize I were, there was ever a different... A different thing with with that. I didn't realize they had a different name for that at one point. I guess like I think, you didn't really get video game commercials until like the mid to late nineties. So you you did, but they were they were not very good commercials, and they they almost yeah. never had K to A. Um, also, ninety eight was the Dreamcast. No, Dreamcast didn't come out this year. That's ninety nine. Ninety eight in like Japan, say. I think. Yes, that's what it, it had to be. Yeah. And then the Matrix will be 20. Yeah, Star Wars The Phantom Menace will be 20 next year. Manus. Just think about that. <laughs> the Phantom Menace. <laughs> oh, God. Hey, that makes episode about one as much memes are now a thing. Phantom Menace does. This is okay. Can I talk about one thing? So, you know how there's like the prequel memes all of a sudden? Speaking yes. of stupid memes, there's Hello also there. all of a sudden people memeing the fuck out of that Aurora Borealis Simpsons sketch from yeah. like Steve 50 Hems. fucking years ago. Like, where is this coming from that people all of a sudden figured out that this stuff was funny? Or like Spongebob. It's like, what's going on? Hello? Like, I don't know. It's Catholic. <laughs> people are bored in Reddit? I, I don't know. Must be it. I mean, I feel like the sequel trilogy directly spawned prequel memes as a subreddit, so. Um, wow, we spent almost an hour and a half on just this. Probably wrap up at this point. Alright, um, thanks everybody for listening to a, 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 a podcast that tried very hard to stay on topic until about the last ten minutes, and then got wildly <laughs> off the rails when we realized what year it was. So, uh, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we will catch you next time on the podcast that I refuse to say the name of. Goodbye!